Hello everyone, this is the Dragon's Library once more. So, it's been a month since this released, almost to the day. We're actually only a single day off from this. This will be going out Friday morning, so. But I am recording this on a month after it got released. We're talking about Disenchantment Part 4. So, for those of you who don't know, Disenchantment is a Netflix-exclusive uh, animated series and it's sort of a spiritual successor to Futurama. It's made by the, it was created by the same guy, Matt Groening, Groening. Sorry, I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Matt Groening. And it has a very similar art style to the, to Futurama. Like all these characters look like they could just pop up in a Futurama episode and you'd be like, yeah, those are background characters of Futurama. Except they're wearing fantasy clothes for some reason. What's the deal here? Because instead of it being said in the future, it's being said in like fantasy medieval history. And there's a, brief cameo from uh, the time machine from the future Philip J. Fry's that implies sort of that either it's a cameo or maybe the they're like the ancient fantasy past of the normal world turned uh, sci-fi world. Which, you know, wouldn't be the weirdest thing Futurama's ever done. I mean, not even close. I think that's the Bender's big game. That was a road trip. That was a uh, mindfuck. But anyhow, this is not a show for kids. Uh, Futurama definitely wasn't. And look, I keep comparing it to Futurama because it's kind of just nah as a show. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Disenchantment. There are definitely a handful of jokes in every season that make me actually laugh pretty, pretty hard. And I find the characters oddly compelling at times. I just think they don't really do that much. I guess I should explain the plot of this show, because I'm going to review seasons 1 and 2, parts 1, 2, 3, and 4, all kind of at once. And that might seem like a lot, but you'll quickly find out why it's not. It's only about 20 episodes. It's only about 40 episodes, and they really don't do much. So, it starts out with Princess Tiabini Bean. And Bean is basically, you know, the DreamWorks-style princess who does not want to do all this bullshit. Except Bean is also a troublemaker who gets drunk all the time and just wants to gamble, gamble, get drunk, and hang out. She just thinks this is all bullshit because she wants to go get wasted at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can get behind that. We we had Bender. That's cool. Uh, she, her mom got turned to stone when she was a kid after someone poisoned their wine. And her father put her statue in the crypt so she could be there. Well, Bean is uh, being watched by these weird guys who are eventually revealed to be her aunt and uncle on her mom's side who send a personal demon to tempt her uh, as preparation for some grand destiny. Forget about that because we go to the elves and meet Elfo, an elf who was kicked out for being not super nice. No, the elves are like, uh, Chris, you know, Christmas elves, basically, essentially. Like, they just only care about gun drops and rainbows and everything, Sweden, Sweden, and you know, all that nonsense. And they're supposed to be like the resident forest idiots who only survive because they wall themselves off. Um, and I kind of liked the way we were introduced to Elfo because the way we were introduced to him is he actually had sex with someone outside of marriage and was like, Oh my god, it's Elfo, what are you doing? It's like, I'm having sex with a conveyor belt with the, ver with, with the hottest elf in the, uh, in the village. And they're like, you're an asshole, get the hell out of here. It's like, oh, so like he's the bad boy by elves, but by like human standards, he's like, you know, a, only slightly evil. Like, or at least that's what I thought they were going for. It's like, okay, so he's a little perverted, but like, that to the elves, that's, you know, the death nail of their civilization. Um, 
But instead, he ended up completely reverting to just being the goody two-shoes. Oh, I don't really understand anything. But all right, guy in the background. And look, I just Alpha's just boring. He's just not interesting. Now, the devil is, the little demon that they send after. He basically has this whole two-dimensional, uh, very simplistic design. I love the design for Lucy. And OMG, Lucy is the best. He continuously has some of the best jokes. Uh, Elfo gets one or two good jokes, mostly due to his idiocy and him getting hurt oftentimes. But Lucy is always the, the fun. It's like, you know you wanna. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, I love him. I, I just... It, he's genuinely the best part of the series for me. Definitely the bender of the series. Um, anyway, the series goes on and season one is just mostly like random stuff... Tiavini trying to get out of things, having problems with her stepmother. Mostly an episodic show. There are hints of a larger plot and a demon hunter and some stuff. Um, and Lucy and, and eventually Bean, and Bean's father is trying to get a cure for immortality from elf blood. Uh, but Elfo is only half elf, so they have to get blood from someone else. And the reason it's revealed is because he wants to use this amulet to revive his wife, uh, to recover from stone, not to make himself immortal, but to bring his wife back. And at the very end of the series, of the first season, Bean ends up with an active amulet, standing sitting, standing in front of her mother's grave, ready to put it on her. But Elfo has also just died, and he's kind of become her best, one of her best friends. Uh, and so she's forced to make a choice. Now, in a normal show with like a normal hero, <clears throat> you would have the obvious choice, like "I'm sorry, mom," and puts on Elfo. Bean doesn't do that. She lets her best friend die because she wants to see her mom again. Now, when I first watched this, that was an immediate plot grip for me. I'm like, oh my god, she let Elfo stay dead. That was their only drop of pure elf blood. What the hell are they going to do now? It was, it was a very impressive, very interesting plot twist. And of course, Bean immediately pays for it in the most... It, and also, they kind of, like, don't get me wrong, it was definitely set up, but Dagmar's whole, I'm immediately going to turn and turn the whole kingdom of stone into evil and drag you off to my evil, uh, your evil aunts and uncles in our desert kingdom. Like, don't get me wrong, I get it, I set up, it was very nice, I liked the first few episodes of the second season. They were very plot-driven, which I really enjoyed. But, I would have enjoyed it more if she had been a bit more manipulative, like, there. So Dagmar has this problem where it's like, ah, oh, this was all part of my master plan. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Your, your plan screwed up and then you improvise. Don't, don't keep saying you've done all this. She's one of those, uh, people who they want to have a Xanatos gam, Xanatos gambit. For those of you who don't know, Xanatos was a character from the Gargoyle series who, uh, meticulously designed his plan so that he always came out on top. And no matter what happened, he was, res- it resulted in a victory for him. Even when the heroes won, they only succeed in delaying or setting back his plans, and he still achieves some minor uh, progress towards his goal. That's the Xanatos Gambit. And they're trying to pull that off with with um, Dagmar, but it just doesn't work that well. And all in all, it's just not that much fun. So that's really the first season. Um... All of this is pretty straightforward. I'm not really sure why there's a spoiler. The only spoiler for that really is the whole Elfo thing. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to t- say that because you guys need to watch this. It's good enough. It's like it's not perfect. 
don't get me wrong, it has some pacing problems, especially in some of the more episodic episodes where characters seem to just revert back to normal. And it really can't seem to decide if it wants to be an episodic show with the strengths that come with that. Like a stable character so you can put in multiple different situations without having to worry about where they are in their own arcs. But it also wants to have this big overarching mystery and plot with Dagmar in the background that just doesn't fit well into a long-form series. This is why we only had like two of the Nibbler episodes for the Futurama. Like, there were plot episodes, but they were stretched so far apart that like you get like one or two plot episodes every season of Futurama. Maybe one major thing about Brian Leela's dates and maybe one thing about something like, um, a, a, you know, something coming back like the Nibbler episodes. They were very uncommon. And so you didn't feel like they were constantly tempting you because these were just, hey, maybe one day this adventure will continue. We'll see. It's an episodic show. But this wants to be this big overarching mystery about Deep Bean and the magic that Dreamland possesses, even though it looks like everything's just a sham there. Like the wizard is just an old guy who got the job because Zod's an idiot. Uh, that's uh, Bean's dad. Anyway... The second season's built, second and third season builds on this, and by the fourth season, we're just kind of going through the motions. Uh, they've discovered a steampunk city up in the clouds, and Bean has discovered she has some kind of magic lightning powers. Dagmar, uh, tries to, so, everything's just going crazy. Bean's been, like, burned to the stick as a witch and came back, and, you know, there's a bunch of side plots, but they don't really matter, because by the end, we're still just at the Dagmar has some evil deal uh, and some prophecy she wants to get in Bean involved in. Now, at the end of the third season, Bean falls down and into a hole, and Dagmar grabs her, drags her into the elevator, and takes her down to hell to marry Satan. Yep. She made a deal with the devil, and part of it involves her daughter marrying him. Specifically, the queen of Dreamland marrying him. Which Bean, who Bean was just named Queen, actually. Uh, Lucy got his head chopped off and went to heaven, which is hilarious. It's like, it's like, Lucy, you have redeemed yourself and you have been, and so I have forgiven you of your sins and welcomed you into heaven. And then Lucy is, you know, a demon who enjoys being a demon. So he's like, no! <laughs> Seriously, he gets the best lines. Uh. So, it's kind of an inverse of the first season, you know, with Alpha dying going to heaven. So, that was nice. That was interesting. But, um, Bean goes down to hell, and we're going to resolve this real quick so we can mostly just go back to mostly episodic stuff. Although, I will freely admit, this is where the series is starting to get slightly more interesting. Although, Dagmar is getting a little less interesting. So... Bean is start, Bean is starting to actually develop a plot, you know, uh, visiting Seaman more regularly and Zod is trying to get over his PTSD from a lot of stuff that happened to him in the second, se- second and third season series. Kingdom got turned to stone. He got shot by a steampunk gun. He got buried alive and had brain damage and the thing with the cursed puppet. Yeah, Zod's been through some shit. It's always nice to see him taken down a peg. And he kind of, like, gets over it all. Like, not at first. He gets locked in a sane asylum. And this is medieval insane asylum. So, even worse than, like, the 1900 insane asylums. Um, and he basically just runs away and 
joins a freaking monastery and has like an enlightenment moment. It's like, oh, Zod's growing as a character. That's interesting and fun. He has like a midnight cl- like crisis with his old bear flame. Yeah, he uh, there's there's the uh, animal bride trope that comes up regularly in the series. For those of you who don't know, it's the idea that people believe for a long time that animals would shed their skins at times and take on human forms, um, and they would either use them to party or to hang out a bit before returning to their animal place. And some there are lots of stories about guys stealing the furs, uh, furs or skins of beautiful women. And basically meaning they can't rejoin their kin, so they have to follow them home, or sometimes they trick them and say, oh my, did you lose something? Why are you so worried? I'll come and part you. You know, while they're holding on to the thing that robbed them of their agency and then rocks them away. Zod has sort of a version of that story. The version of those stories is mostly, don't date animals. But the way Zod did it was, he actually, you know, proposed to the bear woman. was like, hey, would you like to come marry me? She's like, eh, sure, sounds interesting. But eventually she decided to leave and head back. And it's like, okay, that's my, that's actually pretty interesting. I like that. Although it turns out he has a bear son now, which is adorable. It's, I love seeing, uh, Bean's stepbrother, uh, and the bear, and her, uh, bear, you know, little brother, uh, two stepbrothers basically fighting over each other. It's, it's just, it's like, hmm, we hate each other. It's like, yes, but we can cause a lot more suffering for others if we work together. <laughs> Uh, the characters are a lot of fun. That's what, that's one of the things I think is the most striking thing about Disenchanted. This series is just really good with characters. Like, basically everyone except for Elfo is a fun character I would love to see more episodes about. But this show has always been stuck between this identity crisis of wanting to be an ongoing narrative where you need to keep the pace up and continue with the narrative, you know, the actual narrative versus being episodic one-off shows. Um, and I think it actually has managed to strike it this balance after, you know, four parts. It's part four is finally where it's managed to strike an actual balance between doing the occasional episodic thing, but focusing mostly on an overarching story with good individual beats that can serve as episodic episodes on that arc. They even have Bean starting to grow as a character a bit. Not much. Again, they're still trying to keep somewhat to the episodic nature, but she is growing. She's getting wiser to her mom's trickery. She's, you know, learning to rule and govern the kingdom. And she does become queen at the end of the, uh, you know, past season. So it, she's growing. She's learning. She's taking more responsibility instead of running away. Um, all in all, I'd say part four is a definite improvement over the last three. And if they can keep this up, I would totally be on board for season five. Although, to be honest, I would be on board for part five regardless because, well, I mean, it's the guy who made Futurama, okay? Futurama is one of my favorite shows ever. It is amazing. I've watched the whole thing multiple times. Uh, Luck of the Fryerish. You know, Jurassic Bark. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jurassic Bark. Yeah, this show is not anything that good. I'm sorry. Like... Look, I like this show. I'm going to give it like a 9 out of 10. I'm going to get part 4 a 9 out of 10. Part uh, 1 through 3 gets like a 7 out of 10 for me. It's something I put on in the background mostly because I, I was like, all right, Matt Grady means something else. Got to watch it. But part 4 does get a 9 out of 10 for me. It has a solid improvement over the last few seasons. And the characters are really interesting. Put some in nice situations. I really like it. Okay, moving on to spoilers. So, there's really just a bit of back and forth, you know, them trying to make gains and figure out what, um, 
what what's her name Dagmar is after. Uh, they go to steam. They in, Bean ends up escaping hell by uh, getting Dag. Basically, when the marriage contract comes up and she's supposed to sign blood, she cuts Dagmar's hand and uses her blood to sign the contract in her name, so that she becomes Satan's uh, wife. And here's the part I really hate. So some people have taken. So Dagmar, after Bean does that and starts running away, uh, Satan is like after them, like wait, my love, I'll take over for you. Seize them! And it's like, wait, so did she plan this? She she planned for Dean to do this. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's someone in character for Bean, but, like, there's no way she could have known for a fact Bean was going to do that. Like, I don't care how well Dagmar thinks she knows Bean. The last time she saw her was when she was, like, five years old. And she has not spent anywhere near enough time with her, with her as an adult in order to predict these kind of things. And it's just so weird. And then her plans are still ongoing. There's some weird prophecy involving Bean in some kind of, like, lobotomy hat. Which is a whole nother form of yikes. And, I don't know. Like, it is cool. It is interesting. Because, basically, um, after they escape, they go back up the elevator. Only it's a different elevator this time. And they find themselves in Steamland. So, apparently, Steamland has also made some kind of deal with Satan. Uh, it's implied by the guy who runs Steamland that it's, uh, for the steam. They literally get in basically an infinite heat resource from hell. Although he had to offer something and he's very vague about what he gave them. Then there are more things where they're trying to figure out what's going on, figure out what the deal with lightning Paris, lightning powers are, the elves, the, how, the, uh, stuff about how elves used to rule over Dreamland, this used to be their castle. Loads of interesting side stuff that expands on the world and a lot of the plot threads we've been getting in the past. Though I will say the elf castle thing is probably the least interesting. Uh, the stuff about the trogs who seem to be tied into the prophecy and the special goo that they make Bean drink is a little weird. So, basically, uh, later on, Bean is starts basically having weird nightmares about a dream version of herself, and she finds out that this is the version of her that's basically corrupted by evil powers. Uh, she describes herself as the subconscious that's uninhibited by Bean's more restrictive and merciful things. You know, her friendship with Elfbo, her kindness towards others, her the patience she's been desperately trying to enforce on herself. Oh, and the fact that she's always, like, drunk, like, 24-7. So she's, you know, smarter, pays attention, and has a bit more control over their abilities. She tricks her and locks her in the dream while she takes over the body. Once the others figure it out, they send Lucy in to drag Bean out and... Okay, so Lucy goes through a mirror to enter Bean's mind, and then he just drags original Bean out of the mirror, even though she's, like, just the thoughts about Bean, you know, their consciousness or something. But their other Bean still has the evil, like, the other, her original body still has evil Bean in it, and they decapitate. So Bean technically got a new spiritual body, and then decapitated her old body. She also finds out she can shoot lightning out of her hands and actually control it now. Because she did it by accident a few times in the past years when she got pissed. And Evil Bean showed her how to control it before, you know, the whole betrayal thing. 
Anyway, uh, Evil Bean contacted Dagmar and Satan to tell them she was ready for the audience. Although there's also this really fun part where Satan is just, like, talking with Bean. Like, Bean's basically pretending to be her evil self to trick her mother. Um, and she's, like, sawed off the nails in the lobotomy crown thing. And, uh, it's all very interesting, but there's this one line, it's like, Hello, Bean. How are you doing? I know we haven't seen each other since marriage. Help me. Your mother is terrifying. It's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and, like, the whole wedding starts out with, like, the 240th wedding of Satan. So you get the idea he's gone through some brides at this point. And it's just like, I have not dealt with anyone this fucking insane. <laughs> uh, that was just, I'm sorry, I had to say that one. That was just hilarious to me. Uh, Dagmar is dangerous and evil and completely psychotic. Like, the kind of stuff she's into is just like, wow. I mean, she ate trog brains from the skull while they were still alive, Planet of the Ape style. It is fucked up shit. But, uh, yeah. So, Bean is, you know, revealed, obviously. Dagmar grabs the severed head of the evil Bean, and Bean manages to knock him back down there. But apparently, Dagmar planned for this contingency, too. I don't, genuinely don't know how she could have planned for the evil Dreamtime version of Bean. But, you know, Dagmar knows everything, so she can just make the plot move forward no matter what the heroes do. You know, for a comedy series, that's almost, like, kind of insulting. It's just like, we actually just succeeded. It's like, oh, no, sorry. I call bullshit, and I make I make my plan move forward three spaces instead of four. It's like, well, we stopped you. Yes. And so I didn't move forward four spaces now to the end game. Now we're just almost to the end game. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, Dagmar, get over yourself. But, uh, yeah, so she has plans for the severed head of Evil Bean. Uh, with Satan down there in the throne room. Uh, Bean reunited with her mermaid girlfriend, which, yes, is an actual thing that happens in this show, because this show is awesome. <laughs> uh, yes, you heard me right. Bean has a mermaid girlfriend. Uh, I mean, you know, her father is in love with a, uh, shape-shifting bear, so, and had an actual bear kid. So, you know, there's some weird stuff going on in the family there. But, uh, yeah. All in all... Oh, the Mora is great. I really like Mora. She's a lot of fun. Uh, they rescued her from a freak show in, uh, Streamland. And her and Bean had this, you know, romantic getaway on the beach. That Bean only half remembers as a dream. And then when she sees her again, she's like, Oh my god, it was real! So, yeah. All in all, I like Disenchantment. It's a pretty good show. With some pretty good comedy. I mean, Matt Groening is a good comedy writer. That's just, you know... That goes without saying. Really like Lucy. Really like Bean. Really like a lot of the side characters. The minister. The high priestess who turns out to be a Steamland spy. All kinds of fun stuff. There's enough twists and turns to keep me busy through the first season. Although, you probably could miss an episode or two out of the first and second season. I could probably like have the episodes and not miss anything. But, again, I talked about that already, so I'm not going to get too much into it. Like I said, 9 out of 10 show. Highly recommend. So... For those of you who don't know, I kind of did this at the last minute today. So we're on to news. Um, this is hopefully the last review I will be doing before I do Elden Ring. I'm very hopeful that I will be able to finish Elden Ring this weekend. 
I don't know for a fact I will. Do not hold me to that because this game is long. And every time I think I've gotten to the end, let's wait, wait. I got to the Erd Tree, which is supposed to be like the kiln of the first flame after killing the four lords, you know, Dark Souls 2 reverse style, only for it to be like, nope, sorry, the vines blocked your way. You must go up here for the profane fire to burn them away. Dude, that's a really bad idea. Don't do it. No, you must come with me. Burn the tree. You know, the whole Dark Souls. Ambiguous is ambiguous, and every character has secret motivations that probably involve your death. <laughs> uh, I've missed this from software. I truly have. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm working on finishing Elden Ring. I will hopefully have it done for Tuesday for a review. If not, we will be reviewing the new Batman movie. Look, it's one of the major things coming out right now. I've heard decent about things about it from a handful of my friends. Uh, one of my friends at the card shop. So, I decided... Look, it's a review. I need a few things to review today, so that's that's basically the longest short of it. Okay? I know I should be more excited, but I'm just not interested in The Last Batman. I'm burned down DC after the whole Batman v Superman stuff in the Justice League movies. I'm just sick of it. But, uh, Yeah. So hopefully I won't have too much negative to say about Batman, because I really don't like being too down on stuff. Unless I have fun, like, hating like it's so bad it's good, that kind of things. But, yeah. See you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week. And you can follow us on Twitter at Dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.